0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to The Tour Coach. These are the players, coaches, experts, stories, and insights from my work on the PGA Tour at my retreats or my downtown teaching center in Mobile, Alabama. My goal is to shed light and share insights from the people who I've gotten to know and meet working on the PGA Tour and teaching through my career. And I hope this helps all of us play, coach, and teach better golf. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review and take a look at our new Sweepers YouTube channel or the Sweeper on Instagram, where I've taken some time to share videos of help from my teachings, travels, and journeys. Scott's great. So I've involved him because he would take what I would teach and he would sit with me on these force plates and these different things and he would explain to me how I could take what I'm helping you do and make it more efficient and help you hit it further. It was something I didn't know how to do. And uh, Eric's gonna help you how to learn to transfer to the golf course. And I've involved people, uh, hopefully down the road, we'd bring more people, Colby Touye, who's one of the best. And so I've surrounded myself with people that I think are the best in the world at what they do. And I've been able to put them together as a team, fortunately, and help us all get better. And so that's what we're here tomorrow, is to just put everybody's heads together and figure out what's the best plan. Because I think like, All of you run a business, you run it with a plan. You don't show up to work every day and go, what the hell am I going to do today or what's going to happen, right? But everybody shows up at the golf course and hits the first shot and goes, all right, well, what the hell are we going to do to fix that shot? So we're going to try to operate your golf game just like you would run your business or how you would try to get better at anything else. And, And I think anybody in business would try to surround themselves with the people that they have access to that are the very best at what they do. And I'm just so fortunate that Eric and Scott, Scott's been so good to me over the years, like I've called him in the middle of the night with a video from somebody and like, Hey, can you look at this? And he's looked at interpret data, stuff like that. So we're we're going to have a fun time and we're going to be in for a treat. So anyways, um, the best is if we, I think these things go best. So we started doing these podcasts a couple of years ago. We talk about things you guys want to talk about you've got biomechanics, you got me, you got Eric, tour caddy, anything, anybody have any questions on what you, about questions about how to get better at the game of golf or instruction or things you see or anything? Give me a question. Somebody start it. How to be more consistent. I think the thing that most, the, the number one question, I think, in fact, I did a thing, one time I was talking to Luke at golf, and he said the number one thing I think it was that they get online was people wanted to be more consistent. And I think we'll go around the horn here and, and talk about it. For me, the first thing, and I started both of the, the girls we work with today, was on the rope, making the ball in the same spot and aiming in the same spot, right? And I think the first thing you got to do to get consistent is you have to have a baseline. Like, you have to actually be aimed the same way and the ball in the same place every time. I think what's well, I mean, and it seems – crazy simple, but I think that's a big part of it, right? I think that's a big part of of it, and there's way more to it, but consistency, I think, starts by actually doing the same thing the the same way every time, What do you think?
1: I think you need to understand that this game is not consistent. We're humans and we're not consistent. Every day we feel a little different. Every day stuff is different. And if you look at the physics of the impact between the ball and the club, if you're half a dimple over, it creates a completely different play. It's a miracle we ever hit it close to the hole. And if we look at some of the best players in the world, like I think I saw a stat, Tiger missed 20% of his greens from like 120 yards when he was playing his best. And like that's the best player who's ever played this game and he missed the green a whole bunch of times. From a, just 120 yards, like most of us are hitting a wedge or a 9-iron, like, I mean, I think often we overestimate how good people are at this game, and I think the thing is, and I, I remember working with Sean Foley often, and when, I don't know if you know Mark Brody's work, he did uh, stroke gain, he invented mm-hmm. the strokes gain statistic, he, he wrote this book called Every Shot Matters, and what he, Sean Foley told me with Justin Rose is what helped him with that book was showing him that this game's really hard, and so if we know that from 120 yards, the best in the world hit the green 75% of the time, if we miss the green from 120 yards and we're not pissed off when we go up there and think, oh, I'm terrible, then we probably hit a better chip and we probably get up and down more often. And then we probably hit the green more from 120 yards because we're not as stressed out whether we hit the green or not. I mean, I think what we need to realize is this game is really, really hard. And the best in the world are, are, I think most of the time when Mark Brody asks people, what do you think? On average, like, what do you think pros 80% 80% of the time make what distance putt? What do you think?
0: Yeah, good question. What do you think a pro makes? A professional? What distance Do they make? Eight, I
1: don't even know what the answer is, but I think it's well, I guess, closer that, than that. that. That would be five feet. I'd say it'd be around five feet. Five feet. Oh, yeah. They make 80% of their putts. We could Google machine that. Yeah, yeah, we could figure yeah. it out. <laughs> no, be, that's, but like most of the time, whenever Mark Brody asks those questions, the answer is way, the plows are way worse than you think they are. And so you, being somebody who doesn't play this game for a living, you know, like making your expectations lower and just going out there and having some fun and realizing, hey, this game's really hard. It's a miracle we ever hit it close to the hole. It's a miracle we ever hit a fairway. I think we're in a better mood and we have better, more fun out there. And I think that's what I mean, this game it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. Right. I see people getting so upset and like, you know, (laughs) um, and I think that's where when that happens, and that's when we get into the mental side of things and all that stuff, but I mean, I think we need to temper our expectations because if we look at the physics of a, a club moving, I mean, if you think of a iron moving 80, 90 miles an hour, hitting a teeny little ball with all these little dimples on it trying to go this, there's so much that can go wrong. And then think of all the motions in our bodies and all the things that can create inefficiencies. I think, I hate the word consistency. You have to be comfortable with inconsistency. I think, is what makes this game more fun. And that's where, when we're out there tomorrow, I have a really good friend who's a motor learning specialist, and... Told you smart. We do something called the Goldilocks, drill a bunch. How many people have taken a lesson and gotten something that works really well? And you work on it for a while, right? And then you go out to the golf course and something crazy happens, and what do you do? You freak out. You're like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. And so, if you find something really good that works really well in a lesson, you do the complete opposite of that, and then you do way too much of it on the range so that you know what happens to the ball and what happens, what does your body feel like when you do way too much of it or not enough of it. And so when you get on the golf course, if something goes over here, you're like, oh, no big deal, I can fix that. I just... And I think that's what makes this game frustrating is when the ball does stuff and you have no freaking clue why it did that. That's what makes this game frustrating. And if it happens over and over again, you don't know how to fix it, right? And so that's where our goal in the next couple of days is to give you tr- strategies to work with bad shots and fix them because they're going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I, I'm not going to say one word to not guarantee you that you're going to hit shitty shots. It's going to happen. The best in the world do it. The best in the world do it. I mean, you see those guys on TV every Sunday. You can tell them they've already paid. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You see those guys on TV every Sunday and they're hitting good shots because they're the best in the world playing the best. But if you go on Thursday, you see some pretty mm-hmm. god-awful golf shots. It's a hard game. PGA Tour players, 99% from three feet and at six foot it's 69%. 69% so 80% would be five feet, four feet. Aaron with the stats. Yeah. So that We're going to call her drugs. stats girl. They missed, I, and like I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I know every time I try to guess it's they're way worse than I think they are. 100%. And now you, these are people that are working on this game every second of every single day they're in the gym, they're talking to their mental coaches, they're practicing every day, and you guys assume that you're gonna, like, we're gonna need to temper our expectations. I hate that word, consistency, because it doesn't exist. Human beings are...
2: No, no, no. A, That's a great it question. It a
1: really great
0: question. But I was so glad you asked it, yeah. we got to barbecue you first. <laughs> Easy E's got a comment.
2: Yeah, I, and, and if we're talking, I know the ultimate goal in golf is to achieve consistency, right? It may be unob- unobtainable, But I think the best way to try to achieve that is through learning how to monitor your good. And that's what you see the guys on tour that I got to see week in, week out last year. They know how to monitor it. They know what their good is. They know what their bad is. They know what their tendencies are. They know what it looks like on camera. And so they monitor and they, you know, if it looks a little bit off, then they make their adjustments. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's just a slight tweak in their setup and right then and there it's fixed. So I think that'll be a big part of what you guys learn this weekend is learning how to monitor your golf swings, learning how to monitor your setups and looking for your tendencies. And I think this group of individuals right here will be able to point those out to you and set you on your on your track. Yeah,
1: I They're love hopefully that. Hopefully playing better golf. Cuz when it goes wrong, cuz it will. It will. I'm not going to lie to you, it will. Everybody in the world, like Tiger had bad like Everyone has times when it goes off. If you know your tendencies when it goes up, oh, that's when I just do a little too much of this. I'll do this drill for a while and it'll come back. And, like, and then you don't freak out because I think that's the problem most of the time. People get a lesson, they figure out this works for them and they do this over and over again and they get on the course and it goes here and they're like, oh no. And then what do they do? They give up on this because they're like, oh, it doesn't work. No, it works. It's just you didn't do it on that situation because there's left to right wind and the ball's above your feet and there's water to the right and you know, all those things that can happen out on the golf course.
0: Also, I think, our goal this weekend, and I hope I did a decent job today with you, is to understand what you need to do. Like what you need to do to hit your good shot, okay? So like for Jillian, it was to get your trunk over, more over your left and lean the shaft. So like, cause I think one thing that good players do versus regular golfers, for lack of a better word, is I think regular golfers hit a bad shot and they go, what did I do there? Then they try to fix the last shot and then they hit the next shot, and they're like, okay, what did I do there? Whereas the the, the best players in the world that I, and the tour players I've worked with, when they're not lost, is they, they understand what they need to do to hit a good shot, and they keep trying to do that regardless of what the last shot was. Which, like, if you just spit both of those out real quick, you'd think they're kind of the same, but they're vastly different. Right. And I think our job this weekend is to help you understand whatever it is each of you needs to do to hit your good shot. And then you need to keep trying to do it till you can do it more often. And that's the hard part about golf, for my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, I remember working with Lucas Glover before the players Mm -hmm. right before the world shut down. Mm Two thousand whatever that was, 20. And remember, he hates hitting a fade. Mm -hmm. I remember I was on the range. I was like, hit another fade. And he was like, I hate how easy this is to hit a fade. and He was getting upset. But if he knew what it felt like to hit a fade, then he knew what it felt like to not hit a fade. And then you had him hit duck hooks. Then I started to get him to hit duck hooks. And we worked on both sides of the range where he... And I think he would have won that week if the world didn't shut down. Yeah, I'd still have a job. I know, you probably would still have a job. Damn COVID. COVID got me (laughs) going. Screwed you out of that one. Yeah, I was there watching him play that. He hit, I think, 17 out of 18 greens. Puttage awful, but still shot 67 or 66 yeah I mean it was, or but, but like yeah
0: and the, and the best player in the world and he's one of the he's one of the best people I've ever worked with right. to work with and one of the most talented people but he was but it was a great example of where we'd worked on not getting too underneath the plane and swinging too much in out and hooking it and he'd gotten so much where he fixated on it, he lost his ability to do the other right. and and that was and so that's why I involve other people with me because like I'm sitting there like going, I mean, this doesn't look that bad to me. I mean, what the hell's the problem? Right. And he jumps in and he saved the day and made me look good once again and you know, so that's it. And so anyways, other questions? Come on. We're on a roll now. I don't know. Why is it on the range I'm thinking, Wow, how'd I hit that how did I don't do one? I never hang a cookie Then I get out there on the course and the swing feels this long. You know, just all stiff and it's, it's like a mental break man. I can't even we need doc here
1: yeah I, I i don't i mean i'm not a mental specialist and i, I there's definite value in mental
0: mm-hmm.
1: coaching yeah they'll come I
0: mean,
1: we are we're gonna bring that. dr greg carton but in. i think
0: he drinks more tequila than like me.
1: i've seen i've had actually i've worked with some motor learning specialists where people struggle with a shank i mean everyone shanked it before everyone's at the hosel and it's gone dead right i mean sorry i didn't mean to look at you when i said that <laughs> Okay, everyone shanked it before. Um, I've worked with people shank. who shanked it before, and I said, like I was working with a girl who plays for my girlfriend's golf team. in. That's the a lot, NCAA right Division Two. she's an NCAA Division One golfer in California. And she was struggling with the shanks, and I set her up in a way that she shanked three in a row. And I was like, perfect. Now we know how to shank it. And so now we know not to shank it. We do the opposite of what we just did. Perfect, yeah, awesome, easy, right? And so, but like she had this visceral reaction to the shank, She was like, ah. she's like, oh my God. Like, and I was like, no, that was perfect. Cause you're, you, it doesn't matter right now. You're hitting a net in my garage, who cares? But now we know what setup modifications cause you. So I think hitting bad shots on the range on purpose is really good for you. Cause then when it happens on the golf course, you don't go, oh. cause what happens, you hit a grade on the range, you go out the golf course and it goes like this and you're like, ah. and then mental goes crazy. Whereas if you know how to do that on the range, then fixing it on the golf course, oh, that's no big deal. I've done that on the range a million times. I just need to do a little more of this or a little. Now, 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 and trust me, we'll take the money. But,
0: uh, but from the teacher side of it, I would tell you that I think that like so I think that people set up on the range and they're making golf swings and they're hitting good shots. Right. But you're doing the same swing over and over. And I think if you want to learn to transfer it to the golf course, so one of the things I do with players is I script out practices, okay? And I I would tell you that you've seen this stuff, and and, uh, like whatever it is we're working on, you know, I'd have you hit 10 balls doing X and 10 balls doing Z, but then I would have you take 10 balls where you moved over and you changed clubs and targets every time, right? Because that's what the hell you got to do on the golf course, right? And so I think if you learn to work on, you got to separate, I think, working on your golf swing versus what you got to do on the golf course. And I think you also have to learn to kind of merge the two a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, I had a young guy, and you, I know, you know, him, and Dawson Farney, yeah. big left hand, a left-handed kid, great player, kid worked harder than anybody maybe I'd ever had. Like in his golf swing would come in and you'd look at a video and you'd look at a swing catalyst and man, man, it was great. You're know, like, how does this kid go shoot and qualify in 78 or 80? And, uh, and he would tell me how he just practiced all day. And I was like, he's just over practicing. So we drew this practice plan up for him. And it was similar to what I told you. I was like, and I like, I'm big on ball counts. Cause I think if you put time, people will race through them. But if you take a specific number of balls, you'll focus on it and you'll get more out of it. Just like I went to a Coach K practice who could be his last game tomorrow or yeah. Monday's is going to be his last game either way. And I went to a Duke practice, basketball practice, and they handed me this sheet of paper, and every minute of the practice was scripted out. And every coach had a copy of it. I mean, it was like 9.50, 10.01 was this. 10.01, a whistle blew, and they went to – I mean, it was – and I was, I'll try that. So I scripted out like, okay, so he did 20 balls doing this. He did 20 balls doing that. And then he did started doing the random and then he had to go do a short game practice, which we changed the short game practice from just hitting a bunch of chips to where he had a, he took three <coughs> balls and he would drop it and he had to chip them and then go putt it, putt them and try to get it up and down. Okay. Cause that's what you have to do on the golf course. And he did that for two and a half weeks. And then he got in a tournament. he shot 66 and it was like, wow, you know, all of a sudden he went on this run, he played great golf, and I mean he didn't do anything different in his golf swing. he just practiced more effectively so while I teach golf and i you know i help you you know I help you improve your swing mechanics, part of getting you to play better is helping you understand how to how to practice better to perform better and I think a lot of the stuff that I've learned from that is from other coaches and other sports to be honest. And like the he's talking about, like I think Doctor Wu and some of that stuff. There's a bunch of folks out there. Like you're just learning how to help people practice better because most of the stuff I think you would know more about this than me. But like most of the stuff we've been doing, teach people in golf isn't anywhere close to what the best coaches and people in other sports in the world have been doing to help people perform. And I think especially uh, on the Olympic side.
1: Yeah, like golf is a weird sport where you sit in a situation that's nothing like the golf course, and you do it over and over and over again. And you go to the golf course and you wonder why it doesn't work. So like, uh, (laughs) right. And so the fact that you guys have practice holes here is awesome because you can go out in a situation that looks more like what you do on the golf course and play. And so that's something that my friend Dr. Wu talks a lot about, like in every other sport, think about every other sport you ever played, you scrimmage. What's a scrimmage in basketball or in volleyball? You play the sport against People, right. So like going on the golf course and scrimmaging, I was actually just online and I, a good friend of mine, Corey Lundberg out of Dallas Mm -hmm. at uh, Trinity Forest, he does this game, he's called, you have to on purpose miss the green. So you play as a fivesome and you're trying to beat the other people. And if you hit the green, the coach is allowed to take your ball and throw it in the shittiest place you could possibly find. So you look at the green and you say, okay, where's the easiest place to get up and down from around this green, And you try to hit it there. And if you hit the green, you screwed because he throws you in a sh place. And then once you, once you end up in that spot, you have this little, you know, those little practice little discs that the tour players put on mm-hmm. the green. You have to put that where your landing spot's supposed to be. And then if, you, if you're within one yard of that, you get to keep your shot. If you're not within one yard of that, you get a one-stroke penalty. And so you're missing the green on purpose. But you have to think then, okay, because everybody's going to miss greens. And so you gotta think, where's the best place to miss the screen? And then you have to have the control to put it there. And so that's scrimmaging. That's playing the game. It's so good. Right? That's, that's what we call, know that or have you ever played worst ball? Where you yeah, hit two balls and you have to play the worst of it? I mean, that's scrimmaging. That's playing the game in a yeah. real life scenario where you're actually playing golf. And I think too many people get on the range and they hit a gazillion balls and they start hitting you good and they go on a golf crush, which is a completely different thing than hitting on a perfect flat lie and a perfect on a, like, and so scrimmaging, I think is, and you guys have an awesome setup here to scrimmage. First got of all, this place,
0: course. Territory Golf Club's awesome. Unbelievable. It's my first time here. I'm hoping I mean, if I don't drink too much wine, I'm hoping Rick will invite me back. <laughs> pretty good chance the last time you'll see me. Oh my but <laughs> My wife left us two and a half cases, brother. <laughs> I think we're good on the wine. I'll be back. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, <don't laughs> <look at that. laughs> but, uh, I mean, nice. what an awesome place to be able to get better. You know, because I go to so many places where people want to get better, but they don't have the opportunity because facilities won't let you get better, right? I mean, you got the facilities here. It's such a cool spot. Rick, kudos to you and all the people here. I mean, it's a special, this is a special place. Like I travel all around the country, fortunate to do what I do. I mean, this is like a special place. Eric and I, we were driving in and we got to meet everybody like, man, this is a cool, this is a cool joint. Like this, we're, this is a special place and the people are awesome. So this is cool. Next question. We're on a roll. Hey, I'm- the thank chef's out, out. <laughs> and the best part so far has been the chef best soup I've ever had thank you, very
1: much. Thank
2: you. so uh, is it good to play a rope hook or should I like make it a change?
1: well I mean I think <laughs> there, there, there's been a lot of good players who played rope hooks if you know where it's going question. well I know where it's going <laughs> I mean I Kenny Perry Kenny Perry had a great career that guy, that guy's fade was like a twenty-yard draw. Like, I think, I think I
0: would say this. I think you want to. I don't think you want to change who you are as a player, but I think you want to soften it. When I mean when I say soften is like, you know, if it's a twenty-yard hook, you probably want to over time work it down to fifteen. Yes. And then to ten, you don't want to go. I mean, I think people that take somebody that hook it twenty yards and then they try to get it to be straight—that's not very realistic. And that changes who your your DNA is. It also, like, if you've hooked it twenty yards forever, you aim and you see a hole and you see a shot based on what you've always done. And uh, I think I think that would change who you are. But I think to be—I I don't think that the ball in the club now is built to curve at twenty yards, mm-hmm. really. Okay or 30 or whatever. So I think you want to learn to soften that over time, but like but you don't want to take all of it away, right? It's like everything in life. I mean, a little bit of something's good, too much of it's bad. Moderation. Like the wine, right? So, you know, so it's like everything, and I think that I think that's a good way to think about getting better at the game of golf. It's like, okay, so I hook it. I don't want to change that I'm a hooker. I want to learn to not I want to learn to be able to control it. I want to be able to sling it when I need to. But I wanna, But you ought to be able to learn to hit it the other way when you need to also. Can you hit it the other way? No. Right, so you need to learn. So that goes to what Doc was saying earlier. You wanna learn to be able to hit it the other way so then you can control it. And once you learn to be able to hit it the other way, then you've got control over the path and the face of the club and then you can control the golf ball. Yeah.
1: You'll never hit like a DJ compressed power fade, but you should be able to hit one that starts left of your target and fades back. Even if you gotta take two extra clubs to do it, it's yeah. fine, just so you know what that feels like. Because there are times in this game, if you're scrimmaging, there's going to be a tree in your way and there's no other option than to fade it around the corner. Like if you play sawgrass and you hit it in the right trees on 18, I mean, that's the only shot you got, right? (laughs) And so you have to be able to do it at some point. Even if it's just a little chip fade, you should know how to do it for sure.
0: And by learning to do the other way, you learn to find the medium, right? The middle ground. Right. That's a good question. That's, yeah, awesome that's a good question. question. But
1: I don't think you want to change it. Like he says, you, you don't, don't want to change, change your DNA. DNA. Like that's where, when we were working with Lucas, I remember he was, have, he was had a better chance. Like he was, it was easier for him to fade it that day. That's why he got so mad, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he hates a fade. He hit one shot that started like five yards left of the target and faded back to like this. And he was mad. And then he hit one shot that started like 20 yards, right. And drew back to like 10 feet. And he was like, Oh, I love that shot. And I yeah. was like, such a
0: great ball striker, yeah.
1: right? And so, good, but he just knows what he does, yeah. right. Okay. But I think his ability to know what that fade felt like made his draw better. Cuz little draws grow up into snap hooks and then that that's yeah. no fun. I had that before. Mm-hmm.
2: Right now I'm going to play snap
1: hook. <laughs> <laughs> hard aim baby, hard dane. Yeah. Sometimes there's trees in the way you can't start it right enough to
0: But again, like, you know, I, I take folks to do that like I'll put them, my I had out there the rope and the two nails that Woody taught me today and and we'll put a stick out there on the target line and have you, okay, so that started 40 yards right. Let's try to start at 30 yards right. Then let's start at 20. And if you you set yourself up with a baseline where you know where you're aimed and you know where the target line is, then you got a way to work it back towards the middle, right? It just takes, I mean, and that's not being very technical. And I think that's, I'm very fortunate. I think that's one of the things I'm a little better at is getting you to do some stuff without you thinking about Very much, right? Because I think that can help you do it better on the golf course.
3: Now this, that rope is,
0: and its awesome. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, trust me. I does, we fa- I didn't, didn't do, do much everybody. in town today, but I found a hardware store, yeah. baby. <laughs> Everybody's getting a rope tomorrow. It
1: really, really helps <laughs> you um, understand what
0: you're doing. Any more questions? We got time for one or two more because I still got half a glass of wine.
1: And there's lots of different ways to hook it, so we need to figure out how you're hooking it and make sure that that's optimal for you. Yeah. That's his department, I don't. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But there's lots of different ways to hit that hook. So um, that's where we need to figure out what it is you're actually doing to, yeah. What's like the best way to approach
2: like chipping to get closer to the
1: hole? Like, um... That's not my easy, e. well, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I, got you. I got you on that one.
2: I mean, I, I like to talk to the player kind of about their process. And if I, you know, hopefully I'll get to see on Sunday and we'll kind of work through that after you play your tournament. But I know Tony would attest to this. I think you read it like a putt. You go up there, you look at the hole, you you look at the slope of the green. And, you know, I would say 10 out of 10 times when I'm working with an amateur player, the last place that they're looking is the hole. Because that's where they want the ball to end up, right? So you're sitting there hitting your practice chips and you're looking at the hole. I think the last place should be where you're trying to land that ball and where am I going to land this ball to get it as close to the hole as possible, if not make it. And every time I asked that question, I said, where are you looking on this? So I'm looking at the hole, I'm looking at the flag stick. said, that's the wrong answer. So, so, so we make him take a tee, go run it out there. You'll where do, y'all you th- will do it this We're weekend. We're going to do it this weekend. I promise you that. You stick the tee in the ground where you think you need to land it and you kind of gauge it and you use different wedges. There's so many different ways to go about it and how to get it close to the hole. And that I'll tell you that I got to see last year. Those guys out there on the tour, that is why they are so good. It's everything around the green and on the green that separates them. I mean, you, got, you guys have some talent that I saw today. Like ball striking is there, but the stuff around the green, that's what separates the best of the best. And, and I got to see that last year firsthand the worst
0: chipper on tour would be better than the 10 times better than the best chipper at your club
2: absolutely and i think it's about learning the process and learning you know how you go about reading the shot that's in front of you people so badly wanted they're afraid of a lot of people are just afraid of chipping and when you make it easier on yourself and you, you know you really treat it with treat the shot with respect and you're like okay this isn't, that, this isn't that simple of a shot. It's They're very delicate shots, and it's kind of how you go through your mental process and like, all right, okay, I've got this. I know where I'm going to land it. And then you go and take care of business. All you're trying to do is get it close to the hole.
0: I think the other thing people do is they grab a club and they skip steps in the process. And I think the first step ought to be when you play a short game shot would be to analyze what the lie is. Because I think the lie dictates your ability to play a shot. And I think a lot of folks just grab a 60 and they grab a 56 and the ball's not sitting perfect. And they're like, Oh, I mean, this is going to be tough to get it close. Whereas they like, you know, if you look at the lie, lie dictates always dictates what you can do. And if you have a good lie, I mean, you have eight options. If you got a lie, you may have one, right? So I think people skip over the process in haste. And I think that if you, I think if you started with the lie and then you, Analyzing the lie and said, okay, what club can I get on this ball and make good contact? That starts it. And then you go from there. Okay. With what I can hit now, where do I need to land the ball based on that lie and that club to get it close to the hole? Then that dictates the shot you can play. Right. And this isn't being critical, but I think the majority of recreational golfers or up and coming golfers try to play the same basic shot all the time. Whereas tour players, Try to figure out the ball from where it is and the lie they have, what type of shot they have to hit to get it close to the hole. And and then they go from there, and then they're creative, right? So I think that the more you're creative and the more you look at, like, how can I take this ball that's sitting down in this rough and get it close to the hole? doesn't mean you're always going to do it, but I think it enhances but your- But how
1: do you know that is got to practice. Most people go to the practice facility, they put it on mm-hmm. a perfect piece of grass and they chip a bunch and they're like, oh, I'm good and they get out on the golf course and it's a little divot or it's in a, and so, I mean, I think that's when, my short game probably got the best when I was a little kid. Like the golf course was my my babysitter in the summer. My mom would drop my brother and I off at the golf course and we would hang out there the whole day. So we'd play 18 then we go to the little short game area and we'd play a game where you had to put the guy in the shoes, place possible and the guy had to try to figure out how to and cool. so messing with that kind of stuff in practice and like you're going to hit some bad shots it's fine it's fine to go in a bad line and hit a bad shot because you're okay okay that wasn't so good let me figure out how to make it better because most people go to the perfect lie on perfect part and they hit a bunch of shots and like oh, i'm good and they go on the golf course. They, they drop a bag shots. of
0: balls in the same spot yeah, hit right. the same shot over and over and that goes back to like where i said what i did with dawson and in I don't know, 2019 Lucas made the tour championship and that was, and one of the focuses at the beginning of the year was to improve up and downs. And one of the things we did every week was we did what I did with Dawson, which was what Lucas had done at college, which was we dropped three balls and we did it six times. And he had, to get, he had to get two out of three for each one. So he had to get 12 out of 18 up and down and he had to chip them and put them. And if he didn't, for every one he got less, he owed me five bucks. For every one he got more, I owed him five bucks and we'd Venmo each other back and forth, right? But like he had unbelievable up and down stats for the year. And it was the, the beauty of that was because one, you had to putt them, but two, we would scatter the balls, you had to play them wherever they lie. I mean, sometimes the ball would roll into a divot, sometimes it sat up perfect, sometimes I'd throw it in a bunker, sometimes it'd be in the rough, sometimes it'd be up against the collar. Right, those are what you happen have happen when you're on the golf course, right? But most people, when they, I mean, most people when they go practice chip, they take 15 balls and they dump them in the same spot and they hit from the same spot one or two, three pins. Like, okay, I've practiced my chipping. Well, I mean, you I mean hopefully you don't get to hit the same chip five times over because if you've chipped it out of bounds five times, <laughs> you're in you, trouble. You, yeah, right. Don't take my short <laughs> school, right? So you know. But uh, anyways, I mean, I, but anyway, so I think that that's part of it. So. Yeah.
2: What you said earlier today, when we were talking about, that, you know, competition breeds success. I mean, y'all have the perfect facility here. Grab a bucket of beers, go out there with your buddies, and go.
0: Damn, that was go. a bold statement. <laughs>
2: what? Grab a bucket of beers. No, I mean they're right here. We'll roll, um, we'll roll the keg out. Right? Exactly. But like grab your buddies and go go play short game competitions. You you know, whoever wins the closest to the hole, you know. They pick the next shot. You walk around and you hit all these different kinds of shots. You're trying to throw your buddies out of a loop. You know, play for five bucks. Play for a dollar. I, I got to do that the other night, and I felt like I was in high school again. I was there until dark. We were there so long. I got yelled at by my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Should still, we edit this out of the podcast? No, it still <laughs> happens at 28, I'm telling you. Um, but, yeah, it, and, and I'm telling you, it was so fun. We, we didn't want to leave. We ran, out of, we ran out of light. No, we didn't even have a winner and we, all three of us had a blast. And it felt like, it felt like I, back when I was in high school when I think my short game was at its very best. You're out there having a good time with your friends, but you're hitting different shots. Every shot was different. We never once hit the same shot. And it was really a great night of golf for me. I enjoyed myself thoroughly.
0: Any more questions? Have we bored y'all today? When I took the boys out to work with Tony out in, uh, at
3: Frederica, we did the drill that Eric described with Jackson, who, who was out working with me on my chip. I mean, you guys know how horrendous my chipping has been uh, in my game, but I feel so much more confident having gone through those exercises, working on the different lies, but working on that drill and focusing on where I'm trying to land the ball and where it's try- what I'm trying to accomplish with the shot. And I mean, I'm still not a great chipper, but I don't play that much, but when I practice, that's what I'm focusing on, because that's, I know that I'm gonna be more confident when I get to the course when I
0: do that. Your mind's a powerful thing, if you think about where you're trying to
3: And it wasn't too long after I came back from from that school. Like again, you guys know how little I play, but I mean, I had to text Tony after a round, because I played the first round, I can't tell you how many years, that I didn't have one double bogey.
0: I remember that text.
3: I can't tell you how long it's been for me since I've shot in the 70s out here, but I've done that. And I've done that recently. So, I mean, again, it's just that the whole pr- approach and what you're focusing on when you practice and, and translates to what you're doing on the golf course. There's no question about that. That's
0: awesome. So, it's good. Yeah, you kind of, I, I can probably go ahead and leave. I didn't know until now, it's okay to miss 80% of those five <laughs>
1: Yeah, mean. <laughs> I don't think we said that, but <laughs> yeah, twenty. I like it.
2: Thirty <laughs> percent.
1: You're gonna have way more fun on the golf course. Except in your putting game. We're gonna put. They have a big putting game with
3: their group. Today. We're gonna
0: put you with Eric all day tomorrow.
3: It's a dollar a hole for players. player that they
2: need 20 minutes before they go play. Yeah, that I mean, sounds fun. It's quite a game. I want
3: to. When we do that, sometimes we go cross country. You go over the hills over. the road. <laughs> So, needless
1: to say, is it okay to pop a 50-yard off on of the green? Yes. <laughs> You'd be
2: surprised it the situations I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> on the golf course and not. <laughs> I was waiting for that question. <laughs> yeah,
3: <I know. laughs> That's what we thought you'd solve with.
0: So. Well, anyways, Rick, I appreciate the opportunity once again. Scott, thanks as always for, I mean, he's unbelievable with his schedule. He comes whenever, most every time I call him and ask him to come do this with me. And Eric, always for making time. And look, we're looking forward to the next couple of days. And I promise we're going to make you all better at golf, but we're going to have some fun doing it. And hopefully we don't piss everybody off so much we don't get invited back which is a big possibility. Anyways, and you guys got a special place here, man. This is a cool, this is like, I can't say it enough. It's a cool place.
3: And, it's hard uh, to describe to you a year ago.
0: Yeah, it is. Right? I, I didn't understand.
3: I mean, it is. I mean, it's hard to describe. It's Southwest Oklahoma. Yeah. So I didn't one, know what I was coming to. Oh, I know. Well, that's why I kept trying to get you to come out and do a day trip just <laughs> to come see me so you could but it was- believe me what I was trying to tell you. But uh, I'm personally just so appreciative of the three of you guys being here. I know part the treat these, oh, everyone's in for. Well, I really do.
0: And we're, we're the ones in for the treat. I mean, we enjoy doing it and we enjoy doing it together. And I mean, I'm just warning you, we're probably going to make fun of two or three. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to have some fun.
1: I like that. And
0: uh, we're going to have some fun. And there's a reasonable <laughs> chance that around 11, I'll crack my first beer out there on the swing catalyst, <laughs> but it's okay. We're going to have a good time, and and again, Rick, thanks for everything, and um, man, we're going to have a blast, and hopefully it's not the last time, uh, but this is fun, and you guys got a special place, and we're excited to be part of it. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors Strixon, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Do Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Do Sweeper on Instagram, or go to Dewsweepersgolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.